0: 7 Real Talk Uh, This is your host Julian Perry And for this episode I'm just going to call it Just Real Talk I'm going to chat with you About some things on my mind And some things in the news I'll be right back Hello out there to all of the supporters and listeners of 247 Real Talk Podcast. Glad to be with you on this episode. It's uh, not my usual ret- uh, recording time. Um, on not my usual recording day either. It is Thursday, December 9th. Um, I had a guest scheduled for yesterday, but, you know, it's happening a lot to a lot of podcasters recently and guests have to reschedule. And, you know, we kind of have to be flexible and understand because... You know, people are dealing with a lot of challenges at this time, COVID and trying to get schedules together with kids, et cetera. Um, I know that for a fact. Uh, Right now, it's been the second occasion where my kids' aftercare got, someone got sick, a child there got COVID, and so they had to shut down for, you know, quarantine and the cleaning and all these things because we still need to do our best to keep the children safe. And so, um. I understand their challenges and you know when a situation like this arises there's I have to have options for a podcast because I enjoy being with you and discussing real talk with you and I know that uh, many of my listeners look forward to hearing and uh, seeing this part uh, an episode released every Friday morning so without any planning I'm coming to you but I think there's enough of my mind that I can give you a few minutes of my time and still have an engaging conversation so I'm going through the news. Let's start there. Um, cause some things come to mind right away. Um, the Dante Wright case, um, I think they just started, they may have just done jury selection. If you don't know what that is, and if you don't remember what that is, that's a case where, um, an officer shot and killed a young man, Dante Wright. He was pulled over. Uh, when driving, he had no license. He had no um, insurance. I believe. He wasn't supposed to be driving, and they were going to arrest him. And he didn't run away. He tried to run into his car a few feet away, or, or not even a few feet away, right, like a foot away, because they had him up against the car, and he tried to get away. And then the officer Kimberly Porter um, shot him, and the 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 and shot and killed him. And the circumstances are that she reached, you know, from her perspective, her defenses, she reached for her weapon and fired it. And she thought that she was reaching for her taser gun and not her actual, you know, firearm. Um, you know, I, I I will listen through the case and see where it goes. Um, what i've heard in 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 listening to people prior to this, and you, you always have to listen to the trial to hear exactly what's going on um the officer apparently she'd been there I think she was like twenty six years or so. she's been on the force a long time, and apparently they wear the taser on their left and their gun on their right they wear their gun on their dominant side obviously whether you' left hand or right hand, and they wear the taser on the opposite side that being the case i think that reaching for your gun versus your taser um has to be a different feel because if you just if you just think about it as you're listening to this podcast you know reach for your waist with your dominant hand let's say you're right-handed and then reach for something on your left side and you see how much different how how awkward it is how deliberate you have to be to do something like that um so i'm really not sure um, forgive the the phone noises in the background, but I'm really not sure what happened that day. You know, her adrenaline was pumping. Um, officers are trained, but you know they're also human beings. Um, I, I, you know, again, I need to listen to the testimony. Apparently, she is not going to testify in her own defense, which I thought she was going to. So that's kind of strange to me. I would not want to do that if. If in fact this was um, a mistake, you know, um, she just made bad a bad call. You know, the adrenaline of the moment, um, the fear of 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 we have in society of uh, the racist fear, and and you know, sometimes I hear from officers who legitimately say, you know, they have a different level of adrenaline when they pull over when a white officer pulls over a black guy. It's just what it is. This is not being racist. This is not picking a side. This is just the reality. Remember, we're real talk. We we don't hide here. We don't um, try to make things seem the way we want to. Okay? We know that that fear exists. We're not saying the fear is justified. Obviously, it's not. But it's what society has done to colored people that, you know, people stereotype and have certain um, premeditated um, thoughts and and, and, and premeditated Um, profiles of, of colored people. So, I don't know what the defense will be. Um, the guy lost his life. He had no weapon by law. Um, I'm not sure what defense he could have. And even a mistake as a professional, you know, I don't know that that justifies anything. Where you take a life? Maybe if you shot him in his leg and he was wounded, and he says, "Oh shoot, I meant," you know, then maybe then we could have this discussion. But I have a lot of friends who are law enforcement officers, and they they certainly might not want to come on this podcast and say it to the world. But many of them believe that you know something else was going on there, and that she's justifiably on trial. So we'll see where that goes. We we'll keep following that, and 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 you know, we'll we see how that progresses, but. I you know I have my own opinions I'm not everything I'm saying to you here is public knowledge I'm not actually giving you my own opinions as yet because I want to hear everything I always want to hear everything like I did with the Rittenhouse case and I did with the uh, um uh, um what's his name uh the name of me down the guy in the guy in Georgia where the three guys were just found guilty for killing him So we'll see where that goes we'll follow up and we'll certainly have this conversation again um. Then there's uh, the interesting situation where the New York Attorney General is subpoenaing. How issued a subpoena to Trump to testify in a fraud investigation? It's interesting to find out what you guys feel about that. You know, these people always claim some level of of uh, executive privilege, even even after they're 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 no longer um, in office and um, i think that what there should be is um, transparency when you're in those positions and you know this is this is what you hear me rant about before and this is not specifically you know uh, geared towards you know speaking about the previous president this is just a fact that when you take on a position like president of the united states transparency is key you know, telling everyone that you have executive privilege so they can't see this and can't see that. I mean, I don't know how come, you know, we had a president for four years. I'm not even talking about his record because I, there's honestly a few things that he did that I, I have told you on my podcast that I agreed with. And I thought that that there were things that have actually that have actually um, gone into this, uh, continued into this administration that were positively started by the previous president. But the part I just don't understand is we all pay taxes, It's a difficult time for some of us. You know, some people get a lot of money back and they're looking forward to tax time and then some people have circumstances where they always have to pay and it's 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 a painful thing because they take so much in taxes from us already. Many of us are struggling from, you know, to survive one paycheck to the other. Then we've got to turn around and find money that we don't have to pay back because someone said that we made too much money or we didn't pay enough taxes. Taxes that, you know, that's a whole different podcast now because taxes that we pay and many times we don't get anything back from that. You know, the, the things that our tax money go towards doesn't benefit us in any way. We're still struggling. It's like we're paying someone with for a promise to do something that would benefit us. And, you know, in, in the bigger picture of things, you don't, I'm sorry, I just don't see it that way. But for a president to demand someone to become president and, and to go through four years and not release their taxes and so many... um. Legal cases come out of it, trying to see their taxes, and they fight everyone down not to see their taxes and we We get distracted, you know we as humans get so distracted by different things that we we, we lose track of some basic fundamentals that should simply be par for the course. I think that there should be a law that if you run for president, a prerequisite to being even on, on you know put up for nomination. A prerequisite for you being on the ticket should be that you have to release your taxes prior to not a um moral obligation, not a desire it should be a requirement a prerequisite so if you don't release your taxes for the past let's say five years or whatever that period is, you cannot run for president why not we you can't run if you're not a citizen right I mean it just seems like 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 if you if if you can't stand up to scrutiny. And you're going to go into the highest office of the land and you're going to manage all the finances of this country. At the end of the day, you're going to make decisions that are going to affect people. You know, we want to know that, you know, that, that everybody pays, you know, pays their fair share or something. I'm not saying that, you know, you have to scrutinize the man's taxes down to every dollar. I don't know. I'm just saying that at least be open up, open up enough to provide the public that's making a decision about you being the you know the, the head guy in charge, that they should see that you have actually paid your share. I have to pay my share. I don't get all the loopholes, and most of us, everybody's probably listening to this podcast, doesn't get all the loopholes that you know wealthy people get. That people have, you know, t- accountants who are paid a whole lot of money to to make them money. You know, we don't get that. Many of us, you know, we file our taxes like I said, and when we look at what we owe, we're almost in tears. And to see that you know we have to go through that, find a way to pay it um you know when when and 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 realistically the way the tax you know tax filings work those those numbers those algorithms that you know and the deductions really don't work for the average person I mean you know taxes are 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 something that that I guess, you know, sometimes I struggle with them because we're working and then we're taking the money we work for to survive and we're giving a huge percentage back to the same, back to the government. And then they're using it for, you know, who knows what because half the time we never actually see that materialize. And then that's not enough. You know, we then have what we have left over to pay our rent, to pay our mortgage, to pay our gas bill, to pay our light bill. And you think about it for a second. Think about how much, I'm not talking about where you go apply for a job and you get a a, a much better job with a lot more income. Think about the average raises. Think about how much the gas bill goes up. Think about how much house insurance goes up every year. Think about, you know, how much, uh um, uh, light bill goes up and and water bill goes up and and taxes go up and I'm talking about you know um home taxes you know on uh home insurance you know all these things and then on top of that you go you 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 now have to survive so you go to the store to to buy stuff to do things that you want to do to improve your life or improve your home or simply to survive and half of those things are taxed again so we get we we get as soon as we go to work and we get a paycheck there's a chunk gone for taxes and then every time we go to the store you know for except for the few exempt things we pay taxes again you know you gasoline you know to put in your car and like i said some things that you know that are not actual i think there's a certain there's certain categories of food stuff that are not taxed but others are and you know and, and it just keeps going on how many times are we going to be taxed and again, what do we get out of it? All we get out of it is more struggles. And I'm not going to debate the, the value of taxes in a society because I think they have a place. But when, again, when I see a country as, as powerful and as rich as the United States of America, Making deals with foreign nations for political reasons that we actually never—the population never knows the full details of because they're always so secretive—and they turn around and they print money and put it on the C-130 on the on the on the the transport planes and they ship, you know, five hundred million dollars to this country as a payoff for something. And you've got people here struggling with again. I'm going to go back to student loans. Um, health insurance, um, you know, food, you know, food, transportation. Look at what it costs. They keep raising the prices. And I'm, I'm in New York, and and you know, every minute the 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 MTA, New York MTA, um, raises prices for the subways, raises prices for the railroads, raises prices for the Metro North. It's like everybody's taking a bigger chunk. Look at the bridges in uh, in, in in you know in, in New York. The bridges that join. Uh, even within New York and, and join us to other, uh, nearby states, the tolls on the bridges are incredibly high. I remember, I don't know how many years ago it was, the toll on the Verrazano Bridge, I think, um, that's, uh, connecting New York with New Jersey. It might have been three something. I think it's like $15 or $16 now. I mean, what are we doing to people? And then when you get to these debates in, in, in Congress about minimum wage and they, they beat each other down to give somebody $15 an hour minimum wage. And then they turn around and say, you know, well, you need to, you need to, you need to develop yourself. You need to improve yourself to make a better income. And then you say, okay, I'm going to go to school, but I can't pay. And I go to school and then I come out with this huge student loans and I come out with this degree. I'm going to, I'm going to repeat this stuff and keep repeating it. Come out to the degree that, doesn't support the amount of money I spent into a loan so I can't get a job to pay that back and then I go to 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 live and I can't I can't find an apartment in a safe neighborhood that's that my salary can pay for and then you know then you got light and you got gas and you got hot you got heat and you got food and you got healthcare and you got I mean really what are we doing to each other the people who we elect for government are they somehow Take away all their money and all that. Are they somehow better than the people that they are put there to support, to, to create laws for, to, to make a better life for? Are they better than us? No. Because at any at any given day, if if one of them loses their position, if they're voted out, yes, they might have money, but they're 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 not much different than we are. And of course, we don't forget that. We all come from creator. creator. I'm a spiritual guy, and I believe in Almighty God. And at the end of the day, you know, I've lost people close in my life. I remember looking at my mother laying in her casket and realizing, you know, not then, but at some point after in my thought process that that's where we all end up. So doing all these things during your life, not to help someone or not to try to make lives better, but to sit on top and, and, you know, and and make more money because you want to be different or you want to be better or you want to somehow enjoy life. Don't we all deserve that? You know, um, I was looking at the People's Choice Awards the other night and I heard something that Dwayne Johnson, The Rock said, and don't quote me because I'm trying to say it verbatim, but I could be I could be off. But he basically said, Kindness is the price we pay to occupy a space on this planet. And I loved it. Kindness, love, and I'm adding to it now, sharing, compassion, picking someone else up, lifting them, seeing someone in in pain and in need and helping them. Giving people the ability to live, while rather than sit on top with your pockets full of money and decide what part of our population is going to cry and what part part is going to smile and what part is going to be in glee, all because you 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 box them into different levels and different um, opportunities. Look at what's going on in Georgia and all these places where they're, they're these these after the last um, election, these people have the audacity to be so. Partisan and so separated as humans That they're basically doing all that they can To ensure that another de- uh, Democrat doesn't have a chance again in jo- I mean the things that are doing The other states that are re- redistrict- redistricting And rewriting voting laws And all these things just to suppress someone else So they can always be on top Because they don't like to lose None of us gets out of this place alive is that what we really want to be known for? Do we somehow have this, this this stupid false sense that there is some joy, some longevity and joy gained by crushing someone else? You know, I always said that if you wanted to change some of the things, fundamental things about this, the way the system is in this country, then the president should be elected by the popular vote. Forget about the, 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 the the votes that you get, you know, or or the seats that you get and all this nonsense. Forget about the electoral college popular vote and every single person who is a citizen gets to vote. You don't make laws that make it more difficult for someone who's less educated and poor to have a say. What are you afraid of? I honestly have to think that the the, the top, whatever percent of rich people are afraid that they will never be in power because most of the population don't even understand the level of having their kind of wealth and they would never be voted for in majority to ever own a position. So what they do, they change the playing field. So it, it supports them, it supports the rich, it supports the powerful, it supports them who want to separate themselves wider and wider from the rest of the population. I heard something on the news yesterday that said that during COVID, billionaires have made so much money that the gap between them and the rest of the rest of the world, the, the, the economic gap, has widened even more. When you have a lot of money, even in situ- even in hard situations like COVID, you have a lot more leverage and capability to make more money, and that is what they're doing. There is so much more that I that's on my mind today, and I'm glad I had this 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 ability to have this conversation with you because I feel so affected by so many things that are going on around me. Before I leave this topic and go to my next, I just wanna give an update that I heard that uh Chuck Schumer, um speaker, um he has called upon the president to move the date of the end of the moratorium on student loans. He came with a statistic that said 97% of the people who owe student loans are in no position to pay them back come February 1st, and the president needs to move that date. Now, you know, you don't have to ask. You know, and not only do I agree with that, but I think that, and he basically said until the pandemic is over. And now I know this pandemic may take Probably, to be honest with you, with the variants and all that. Probably another year, at least, without any new variant popping up before we can kind of use the word over. But maybe that will give him enough time to think of a way to rid students of the burden of student loans that they got from a federal government that we who who we already pay taxes to. And who will, as a country, will benefit from us again because where are we going to go to work? Right here. So whatever we learn in college, good or bad, better or worse, we're going to employ that that knowledge right here in this country to make whatever salary we make, whether it's enough or not, and then you're going to turn around and take taxes out of our salary and then tell still tell us we have to pay these student loans and there's also interest on these student loans. I mean, has anybody ever sat back and thought about how unfair and how egregious this this, this whole process is? And I'm not just talking about the student loans. I'm talking about beyond that. I'm talking about how we are governed. I'm talking about how we are almost treated like victims. or how, Not only treated like victims, but how much we are like victims, I should say. We keep getting persecuted financially over and over again. And we're so busy trying to survive that we, you know, many times they've, they've won because when we're done at the end of the day, we don't have the energy to join something else, a cause, a, a, a way to unite to stop this. And I believe, I don't have all the answers on a plan at this moment, but I believe that the power is with the people. And we can make a difference and we can stop this and we can make changes, but we do not have the ability to, and we cannot ever do it because we do not unite. We do not say black, white, purple, green, whatever, ethnicity, whatever it, let's stand together because we are being impacted as one. There is every race that's in this country in a mixture of the poor, There's every race in this country in the mixture of the middle class. Actually, above poor, I should say, the lower class, then the middle class. There's every race in this country, but less of minority races in the upper class. And then I'm going to go above upper class and say in just the filthy rich, in comparison, in racial, there are very few that make up the filthy rich. There are millions, hundreds of millions. How many people in the United States? Of us, hundreds of millions of us fighting the same struggle every day. I'm not saying we're all perfect. I'm not saying they're not bad apples among us. I'm not saying all of that. But there are enough of us who have the same willingness, the same cause, the same goal, and the same reason to make a difference. It is time that we stand together to do so. It does not make sense that we continue to struggle while people make decisions for us that basically throw us a bone with very little meat on it. And we fight each other down just to get, just to gnaw at what's left on the bone. And we cannot. And do not succeed the way God intended us to uh, again, I apologize for the background noise. There's so many phones going off in my studio right now. But basically i i I'm when I thought about the fact that I had to do a monologue for this episode. And I think about the things that I normally speak to you about from my heart, from my head. This one felt a little different because, to be honest with you, I'm tired. How many out there, how many of you out there are just as tired as I am? How many of you get up at five o'clock in the morning, jump on a train that you can barely afford to pay the 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 fear for or jump in a your car that you could barely afford to pay gas for, and then you go to work, and you spend eight hours, and now it's even worse because they forced you back into the office, but you're there isolated because, you know, to be honest with you, I don't want to talk to anybody that I don't know the office, I don't know that's probably also in my private circle. When I say private, maybe outside the office, because these variants keep it was Delta. Omicron, what's next? And it is the most difficult thing to wear a mask for seventy-eight hours a day. And I don't care if you're, you're 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 vaccinated or not, because we found out that in many cases that doesn't make a difference. And then I'm, I'm glad I segued to this because I want to get your thoughts as well. I mean, feel free to send me emails, text me, whatever you need to do, let's talk. I mean, I had COVID and you all know this because you listen to my podcast. And so I got vaccinated um, out of the sheer fear of, 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 of any repetition of, of what I went through. I can't tell you that I logically made a decision to get vaccinated. I got vaccinated probably more, more out of fear. And then I got the booster a few weeks ago simply because, again, I think there's a lot of fear involved in what you hear on the news and what people say to you. And I don't want to find myself in a position where I made a mistake. Then the 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 guy, the head of Merck or something like that, and, and please nobody don't nobody sue me because I'm I'm just trying to recollect what I thought. I could be wrong. Okay, let's change this. Let's say the head of a drug company, one of the drug companies, and I and I and I think it was. Don't let me say the name again because I'm not sure and I don't want to be liable for anything. I'm just saying what I thought I heard, but I or which company I thought I heard said it. But what I heard was correct. They said that chances are that. None of the vaccines that have, that are available now will be effective against this new variant, Omicron, and they probably wouldn't have something a vaccine for it till next year. That they would have to sort of derive out of the current vaccine. And yesterday, I'm hearing Pfizer saying, "Well, their initial studies are more promising because they're saying the two shots that they gave you um, are not effective against Omicron, but the third shot, the booster shot, shows you know great promise that you're that you're protected." Not again from getting it, nothing protects you from getting it, but from surviving it, I guess, and surviving it relatively well. And then somewhere I thought I read that they talked about a fourth shot. So we're getting to a point now where we're you know, a lot of people tried to say, well, this whole vaccine thing, you're not in new territory. There's been chickenpox, measles, all these vaccines that kids have to get when they when you, you know, when a kid child is born in the first few years of their lives, and those things have been tested and proven over the years. And I'm not into vaccines that much to remember, to know any detailed information about them, but something's beginning to not feel comfortable for me about this. Because right now there's conversations about a fourth shot, which for people like me who had the two Pfizer and then the booster, you know, now you, they have mentioned the fourth shot. And I'm thinking like, okay, so if a variant comes out in February, is that a fifth shot? If a variant comes out the next year, next year June, is that a sixth shot? I mean, what's going on here? All of a sudden, I'm starting to join the population of the people who starts to question everything and, and feels like there's a need to say, stop. Stop guessing with our lies that like you've done with everything else, financially, every other way. Stop guessing. If you're not sure, don't come out with these preliminary statements because they're not giving us. Hope, they're giving us anxiety. Stop. Stop playing Russian roulette with our lives. It was already difficult to watch people and hear about people dying. I, t- I attended enough Zoom funerals to know enough is enough, how painful it was to go back to work and people are just missing because I didn't hear from them when I was out and then get back there and they, their desks are just empty. And then to make it even worse, with all these unknowns, I go back to work. There's no, they gave you a little bag with a little hand sanitizer and a couple of masks. There's no protection. There's no barriers around the desk. There's no, they didn't put up, you know, you go to a lot of places now, they've put up these plastic barriers uh, with an effort to at least keep um, certain particles. And I guess when people speak and, you know, and saliva comes out, some sort of protection, my own has nothing. And I can't help every time I, I feel an anxiety when I walk back into that building because it's like Omicron. And then you hear certain people from the FDA or CDC or certain medical people. I'm not sure where they were from, but someone talked the other day and it was on the news that you know, Omicron is not really what we should be worried about, but they believe that within the next six months, there's going to be a variant that will make all of these variants peel in comparison because it will be a variant that none of the vaccines will work on. Oh, wow, good news, huh? But how do I catch that? We know that most of the times when we hear someone has it somewhere else in the world, it's already here in the United States because we're a melting pot and everybody seems to pass through here. So how do I catch that? Well, you've given me you've, you've given me the perfect storm because you've put me back in a building with hundreds of people any of you who are not wearing their masks when I see them. There's a few that are. And at first I was angry because I said, you know, how dare you not wear a mask? But I understand that some of the people who are not wearing the mask want to wear a mask. They just find themselves in a difficult point during the day because they can't keep a mask on for seven, eight hours. It's hard. And you cannot take enough breaks during the day that allow you to take your mask off. And the powers that be all the higher level managers and stuff, sitting private offices is where their doors closed. This is what people are facing. Uh, many big companies out there, and I, I wanted to Google it, but I didn't get a chance to do it today. Many big companies out there. I heard this even yesterday in the news. I think Microsoft is one of them. I forgot which out. They have delayed sending their staff back to work because once again, they have understood Until they can provide a safe environment, they're not going to do it. What you don't want for yourself, don't do for others. If you want to go home at the end of the night to your family, then understand that I want to do the same thing. So don't put me in the line of fire And then you go sit up in your office and close your door and you're all protected and you leave and go home in your fancy car while I gotta take the mass, you know, transportation and be sitting on the train and, 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 and and exposed to everything else. Don't do it. Have the same compassion, have the same understanding that you, that you want to go home to see your family and I want to go home to see mine. And then also, Pause for a second, because again, I'll say it again to anyone who hears this, who has any kind of influence, we cannot go back to normal. And there is a lot of value in remote work. And I know that the mass transit and all these people have to make some money, but at what expense? Please, not the expense of my life, not the expense of my children's lives. It is incredible that I've had so many episodes on this topic, and yet, each time I speak to you about this, I get more passionate about it because something keeps changing. There's lawsuits all over the place about the powers of the mayor and the governor and all these people to make to to mandate certain parts of a population. Matter of fact, I think. If I read correctly yesterday, the, the some federal judge paused the president's authority to mandate for contracted federal workers, I believe. So there's a lot of uh, struggles in society. And I understand the, the political struggle too. When I say political, not about politics, but about, about the management in the sense that they have a certain amount of pressure because the population will obviously be even angry at them if more people start to die So they are trying to do something based on what people, what their insiders are telling them. And right now they're telling them, if you get everybody vaccinated, then we'll be a much better place. I mean, they're, I guess they, you know, they don't really, not that they don't care, I guess, but there's nothing they can do about the casualties. I've heard of at least three people who have taken the vaccines and dropped dead. Three people, not in the news, but three people related to people I know. So the people, you know, family members of people I know. Um, so there are, you know, casualties and I guess at some point they become in society acceptable casualties not to the families who lose their family members but to the whole to the larger picture and, and that's what we are people. All of you listening to this podcast unless you're filthy rich and you're and you're you're sitting there, you know, amused at what I'm saying, um we are all acceptable casualties unfortunately. If you don't want to feel the truth about that, that's up to you. But don't be in denial about it. You know, the powers that be really don't care about you and me. And that's why it's important that we stand together. Not to, And I don't want to give you this whole united we stand speech because that's played out to a certain extent. I want you to take some time to think, to feel, to reflect on those that you've lost over the past year if you've lost someone. I'm talking especially to COVID. To look at your lives and think can I be doing much better? Am I working really hard but moving forward very li- in very little steps at a time? Is there something that someone who is rich and wealthy can do better than I'm doing? Or is it a matter of an opportunity that is not afforded to me? And don't get me wrong. There are people who are just brilliant to come up with a new idea and they make it rich. And these people who come, from, there's, you know, there's poverty to richest stories, but the uh, rags to richest stories. But these pale in comparison to the top one or two percent of wealthy people who just stay wealthy generation from generation because, you know, their, they, their money is endless and they, 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 because they're already in these positions, they are able to take advantage of every loophole and they have all the lawyers and all the everybody around them to make sure they stay rich. And like I mentioned to you before, it was on the news that the gap has gotten wider between the rich and everybody else during COVID because again, even in a bad situation, rich people get to manipulate the system to get richer. Um. So I, I I just need everybody, and I'm gonna make this this last appeal here, and then I'm gonna end this episode because this actually, as usual, has gone longer than I I wanted it to. Um, I want you to stop and think. I want you to be human. I want you to recognize that strip away all the things that we have, material things and all that. We all have the same struggles. I have been blessed enough to be given this idea by God to create a podcast that I'm hoping that's different than most others out there. A podcast that speaks truth from heart. Sometimes it's not the, 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 a righteous truth by everyone's standards, but it's a real truth because it's either what I feel, what my guests feel, what they've experienced, what they want to share. And most of the people want to help others, lift others out of painful situations, lift others out of, um, the statistics that they are that nobody pays attention to. Every time I come on this podcast in a monologue, I reach out to everyone who listens and I ask you to share the the, the podcast. I am not after 10 million viewers or supporters to be popular. If I were blessed with 10 million viewers, it's because there's 10 million people out there who feel what I'm feeling? Who wanna share and have a real conversation? Who wanna make a real change? Who wanna who wanna unite and move something forward and have the world listen as real people? It is not easy to get to people who live in a different world. When I say a different world, when people are in denial very easily when they are the subject of what we're speaking. People who fall into a category of of rich, not many of them could say, yes, I'm wealthy and maybe I don't do enough and maybe I recognize how other people are being wronged and maybe I will take some of what I have and I will use it in a a way to, to help other people or to get their story out. Not to give them handouts, but to join the cause to help them out. I wish more people Could could get to the point where where this generation Z is going, and just see each other as human beings, see that the blood we we, we we bleed is the same color, see that we have we all have this three things in common: the day we are born, what we do in between, and the day that we leave this place. We all should strive to bring value not in money and material things, but in who we are to this planet, who we are to the people on our right and our left, who we are to the people we encounter, how we impact their lives in a positive way. I go back to that quote that says kindness is the, is the, the fee, the price we pay to occupy a space on this planet. I urge you to share my podcast, put it on your Facebook, your Instagram or whatever. Don't really worry about who listens and who doesn't. Keep doing it so that we can expand this story. I don't have any sponsors. There are all these mechanisms that podcasts can go out there and you can, certain things you can do and you can get sponsors. And I'm pretty sure with the number of followings I have and downloads I have, I can The reason I haven't done that thus far is because I don't want anybody to come on board with me and to try to change the narrative, to change the goal. I want real, organic, heartfelt conversations with you and between me and my guests that we share with you. So when you come out of the rest of the world with all the 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 smoking mirrors, there's something real that keeps you grounded and gives you purpose to keep going. I thank you for your time. I thank you for caring enough to keep pushing forward with me. I thank you for your support. And I thank you that this podcast keeps plodding forward in success because of you. I say a very special thank you for the opportunity to speak with you in these monologues. Many of my supporters, many of my listeners ask me for more of these because I share my heart, and I guess they're interested in hearing what I have to say. And interested in being part of a conversation that hopefully will become a larger conversation that will change lives, at least do something positive during our time and our gift. Of life and time in this place. Thank you so much for always supporting this podcast and for being a part of me telling this my story, real stories. You can listen to this episode and every episode of 247 Real Talk on your favorite podcast app. Please do send me emails, send me messages, send me questions. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know what you think about my guests. Let me know what you'd like to hear about. Honest conversation. You can email me at podcast at 247realtalk.net. That's podcast at 247realtalk.net. Until the next time, take care of yourselves and each other.